0: You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's show, we have Danny Keating with us. And so Danny is a partnering professional with a really cool company that we're going to get a chance to, to learn a lot about, but Data Intensity. And uh, Danny has a, a, a rich background in uh, this tech world that we're going to have a chance to to uncover over the next thirty minutes. Danny, how are you doing, sir? Thanks for joining us.
1: Good, thank you, Mark. Nice to be here,
0: Danny. If you would, I'd love to just uh, start off with podcasts, just learning a little bit about our guest and their background and how they started their career, and then how they landed in a partnering role. Would you mind sharing with us your story?
1: Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, as mentioned, my name is Danny Keating. I'm the global alliances director at data intensity. Um, a, a bit of a strange entry into the IT world, I guess. Um, prior to my career in IT, I spent seven years in the uh, Royal Navy in, in the UK as a submariner. Um, once I left the Navy, I was kind of looking for uh, a role that I could get into that was emerging um, from a technology standpoint that was quite fast paced and um, had that Similar buzz as you know, from a team perspective, that we I, I felt in the military. So, IT wasn't the um, I, guess, I guess the the, the dream role. Um, but when I got into the to the industry, it quickly become apparent that I enjoyed the the um, background. I enjoyed the the lifestyle and the um, the fast paced uh, realm of uh, the IT industry. So, I've been with data intensity now for nine years, um, come through acquisition. uh, So D-I-R-A Oracle Managed Service Provider, um, a global Oracle Managed Service Provider um, in the US, UK, and Australia. And predominantly we're focused on providing Oracle Managed Services to our customers from application to disk. Um, More latterly, I guess, in the last sort of Eight, nine years, we've been helping organizations move, migrate and manage their workloads into to public cloud. So uh, anything from Oracle cloud infrastructure, our own uh, data, sen- data intensity cloud, um, and then into uh, environments like AWS and
0: Azure. So Danny, I know you've seen a, a lot of change just over these short nine years or so that, that you've been with the organization yep. Talk to us a little bit about that change that you've seen and just new technologies, new opportunities, new players, new solutions that's being brought into this ecosystem space now. Talk, talk us through this evolution that you've seen over the last decade.
1: Yeah, I, I think when, when I first started, it was, there was a lot of hype and, and you know, Oracle was the bedrock of most of the organizations we were working with. They were very business critical systems and, and still are to this day, but they they predominantly drove a lot of decisions that organizations made, you know, in, in terms of investment, in terms of manpower, um, and and the way that organizations were consuming IT. I think what, what the biggest thing that we've seen change is obviously the, the adoption to cloud and the emergence of the likes of AWS and, uh, and Azure, and more latterly Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. That there's so much choice um, for organisations now, and as we see the role of some of the um, IT professionals change as well in terms of the the individuals that we have historically worked with, and those that we've um, that we work with today. Coupled with that, I think really one of the things that I've noticed is a is a real change in the in the organizations that we work with is nine years ago, businesses were being led from a financial perspective and decisions were being made by the IT world. Uh, IT directors, CIOs had big budgets. They could make very easy decisions on how they wanted to spend money, how they wanted to buy and consume IT. And I think that the biggest change that we've seen is the the ownership of that go from IT into more business led decisions you know sales teams now are deciding what platforms they want their sales teams to use. And we're seeing real disparity between in organizations where customers are buying and consuming IT without necessarily IT having to support it. So we've had to really adopt and change as an organization. We've had to go from, you know, we were talking earlier on from an inwardly facing Oracle organization that had an Oracle partnership and nothing else. And you know, and that us very well, to now really helping our, com- our customers on journeys. And that's really helping them understand the decisions they're making uh, in terms of the cost perspective and helping them really figure out the next stages of their IT journey. And from an Oracle standpoint, you know, that's decisions whether or not they want to stay on Oracle, what they want to do next around software as a service or whether they want to consume AWS or Azure, and, and what that means from, from our perspective uh, as a professional services and managed services organization.
0: So it's really interesting. And I've heard that a lot, you know, where it used to be the the IT department. I mean, everything funneled through that. But now there's so many different solutions that are out there. And a lot of that ownership is being put on, you know, the executives that are leading those teams, right? The marketing team, the sales team, just like yep. you uh, had mentioned, and then uh, just, internally the way that your company is going to market and the way that you build relationships they required some some pivots some adjustments internally uh to be able to 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 collaborate and to work with customers based upon the way that they were purchasing
1: yeah and, and i think as well as that the financial constraints that organizations after you know more so now than ever in covid but you know we've had global economic crises in the last uh eight or nine years and You know, there's independent struggles that companies have as they try to adapt to the the fast-paced world of the way that we consume goods and technology these days. And I think one of the biggest Oracle's an expensive tool, right? It's it's you know it's it's the best technology out there from a database perspective. It has been for 40 odd years, but organizations now don't have the, the 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 array of riches that they probably once did. The IT departments don't have the capability now to buy in additional options on an Oracle database that they may have once been able to consume. And therefore, a lot of the conversations that we have are around how do we how do we reduce our spend? How do we reduce our footprint? And you know that's why the clouds the clouds so prevalent for many organisations because it gives them a chance to to stop, look, and listen almost in terms of right, what are our options? What What are we doing now? And, and as an organization, we've had to really adapt to how we, we go to market and how we work with our customer base. And, you know, it fastly become apparent that as an organization, we couldn't just choose to work with Oracle. Um, customers needed more choice. They were on wider, bigger journeys on their IT um, roadmaps with the likes of Microsoft or AWS. And We had to really look at the way we went to market, which meant creating net new relationships with the likes of Microsoft, going to work with, you know, again, we talked about it earlier on, but going to work with the big SIs and, you know, finding ourselves coming in as subcontractors almost at, at times to to go and facilitate Oracle migrations. And it it's been it's been different, but it's been challenging. And we're seeing major opportunities come out the back end. But as an organization, we had to really look at look at ourselves and look at how, what what value we would bring into the customers. Um, I think for a number of IT organizations out there, the sense of purpose has been difficult to regain in terms of, we're just a managed service provider, you know, what? how do we differentiate ourselves? And I think that's been something that we've had to really change over the last year and a half.
0: Danny, I'd like for you to, you know, for folks that aren't real familiar with your organization, right? With uh, data intensity, can you just step us through what are the solutions? What are the core solutions that, um, you know, that make up the full offering that data solutions or excuse me, that uh, data intensity brings to their clients?
1: Yeah. So we were, um, so I come from an acquisition, data intensity are uh, a set of acquired acquisitions that um, the made over the last sort of five years. I come from a company called RedStat tech. We were in the UK um, and essentially DI um, were created by uh, a couple of guys in Oracle who saw a gap in the market for Oracle customers that were looking to get away and move from Oracle on-demand managed services, which was the early, I guess, um, Oracle cloud in a way. It was an on-demand managed cloud service that uh, organizations could put their Oracle applications in. And I guess that we were formed really with the idea that we could give a customer a better option, a better service level. So really focused on the um, Oracle applications and providing managed solutions to those organizations and focused on providing upgrades, technology and uh, and so forth to those solutions. As mentioned, I come from Red Stack Tech. We were more focused on the Oracle technology stack. So if you're familiar with the likes of Oracle Exadata and some of the engineered systems platforms and through to the to the database. So the acquisition made absolute sense because now, you know, DI have got this capability of being able to manage Oracle applications from apps to disk. Um, so it's, it, it really is that full end to end managed service focused in really predominantly on the mid to enterprise level, uh, organization. We built our own cloud, uh, around nine years ago, um, in relation to a lot of companies coming to us, you manage, you manage Oracle environments so well for us. Can we host them with you? So we created our own cloud in the US, and and completed over three hundred migrations to that to that platform over over those nine years. And as we look to to start seeing, you know, what what's the next stage? We're we're coming to realization that you know that that private cloud world is something that's changing. Where we're up against the likes of the rack spaces of the world, and 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 so forth. And then you've got the the big cloud providers like. Oracle and AWS, Azure, Google. And it's, we're, we're now looking at the sort of that, that next stage of evolution. But essentially, we're, we're here to provide customers with end to end Oracle solutions um, from a managed service perspective, um, functional application capabilities, professional service, ad hoc consultancy. And more latterly, in the last two years, we're focused on providing customers a sort of total cost of ownership, transformational capability to help them understand and plan the next stages of their oracle life cycle.
0: So Daniel a lot of um, I think the the more recent partnering work that you've done has been uh, providing support for product team. Yep. What is talk to us a little bit of, of what it's like or how it's different uh, specifically representing or working with product teams on you know kind of a day-to-day basis? Um, you know, as opposed to some other types and flavors of partnerships, there are what's what's unique about the the product side of working with them, and what are some some insights or some recommendations that you'd make uh, for other professionals?
1: Yeah, I think I found it really refreshing. I'm, I come from a sales background, so you know the the, the nine or so years that I've been at DI, it's been sales focused. Um, everything that, that that I've done. So, you know, I took on the role back in January, 2020 to come in and build a Microsoft relationship. That was my mantra. We had an offering in our heads um, that we thought that we could build out inside of Microsoft, which was what we term safe switch, um, which was a a methodology really of helping customers move and migrate (coughs) Oracle workloads to to Azure. Um, However, that had to be placed inside of Microsoft. So one of the things that become quickly became quickly apparent within sort of an hour, an hour or two really of talking to Microsoft was we had to make what we had it, you know, the the idea in our heads fit to the Microsoft world. And that really meant that we we took it internally, we, we, we pulled the covers up and looked at it from a product perspective. So a lot of my time, uh, and still is, um, is spent with the product team. I report into the CTO, um, a thing that we felt was important. We weren't, we didn't want to be driven by the sales team in terms of the way that they wanted to go to market we had to be on point from a product perspective in the way that microsoft wanted us to be and and that was important for us to really concentrate on getting the first six months right so we incubated um, with technical staff um, i acted as a, a sort of a sales reference we had the um the sales leaders in the organization as well, feeding into that. Um, Our CEO is a, is a salesman by trade um, as well. So it was very easy for us to, to incubate the the program without having too much of a wider sales view on it. And it, yeah, it's been um, really interesting at times, you, you know, as you, as you look at the different ways the product teams work and it's methodical, it's, you know, from a sales point of view, sometimes it's, I just want it out and we can do it and we'll we'll do it on the fly rather than actually let's take time and let's land the proposition and I think at times Microsoft were pushing us hard you know they were asking us for solutions they were asking us for capability and you know we had to take our time in the way that we presented it so it's been been really interesting and something that I've um, really relished uh, working with the product team and I think it's it's important if, if you're on that journey as an organization to, to start looking at, right, what's next for us? Um, that there's that relationship between the alliances, the alliances team. I think it's very, it was very important for us. And the majority of the work that we've done with Microsoft, we're only now a year later. We've, we've got multiple opportunities on the, on the table and you know, working really well with gold partner status. We've got all of the accreditations that we need. But for nine months, we were only talking to technical people inside of Microsoft, laying the foundations of who we are, why we did things, taking through people our methodologies, and and really getting to a granular level of why we do things the way we did. And I think that's enabled us now to to to, to gather that sort of respect from the the Microsoft teams, and now we're being taken into sellers by the technical individuals in the in, in those organizations. So I think it's it's imperative that the product team are tightly coupled to the way that we, um, you know, go to an alliances led strategy.
0: So Dana, it sounds like from your company's evolution, you know, really started off being heavily on the Oracle side. And then now yep. just because of, you know, market changes, uh, just, just because of the way that the world is in 21st century, uh, with this, uh, this new economy, you guys have relationships now, great relationships with Microsoft and mm-hmm. you know, moving into, um, you know, to AWS and, and going beyond there, what's what is it like, or what are some recommendations that you would have for companies in your position? What are some of those success practices to to manage and lead great relationships with with those large organizations?
1: I think it's a real balancing act as we we look at it. Because one, we've got to protect that relationship that we've got with Oracle. Um, you know, we are an Oracle provider, we've been an Oracle Provided for 20 years. And actually, the services that we provide are Oracle solutions. So it's important for us to to have to have um, that sustainable relationship. So we had to protect in one way, but build and grow uh, with Microsoft. And you know, I'm doing the same with AWS at the moment. And from our perspective, I think the things that you that we've learned, the, the, the real key takeaways is find your place, really understand the niche in what you want to bring to the market. I think, you know, we had a, we we had what we thought was a great solution and we took it to, to Microsoft and it quickly became, became apparent that we were off point on the marketing side of things. Our language was pre- pretty, you know, legacy Oracle. And so some of the marketing side of things that we were putting out were, um, you, you know, uh, not on point. We had technology, we had to kind of gather a, a, lever- a sort of a, a leverage with some of the technical individuals as well. So, you know, we looked at how we placed our, our, our product offering from a technical standpoint and how we delivered that message. I think it was really from, from our perspective, a, a really quick learning curve, but we had to really, you know, I think it's important to listen. I think if we'd have come across if we'd have come into the Oracle world, into the Microsoft world, acting as if we knew it all and we didn't need any help, I think um, we wouldn't have done as well as we did. And we really almost bared our soul um, in in a way. We we kind of ripped our methodology apart. We've adapted it to things like the cloud adoption framework, which is very important to Microsoft um, in the way that you work and you have to co-align with a lot of the ways that their practices have, you know, agreeing to things like the, to some of the partner um, you know certifications that they have so it really from our side it's it's being willing to adopt and change as an organization to accept that there, there is a new way of working but at the same time keeping an eye on established relationships that have been so important to you over the last 15 to 20 years so it's a it's at times a, a real you know, plate spinning act because you've, you've got to keep that, that warm relationship with the existing provider. But, you know, there's a whole new exciting world out here that, um, that that can really expand and grow and, you know, probably does seem it's like a new car, right? You, you want to drive it all the time rather than the, um, rather than the car that you've had for 10 years. And I think that's what we kind of, we, we, we saw that you know, you can quite easily get taken away and excited by the relationship. And, you know, people say the right things, you can get happy years, And uh, I think it's important to just find the where you wanna land and then what, you know, get the work right before you start really reaching out and um, trying to land customers, make sure that you've got all the, the, the accreditations, make sure you've got the certifications for, for each program that you wanna be in that's important to yourselves.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems that uh, in years past, there was, you know, one or two kind of primary ways to get to revenue, to get to new clients, yeah. to service them. But in this new world, more of this ecosystem approach, there's a lot of different front doors yeah. to, to new opportunities. I'd like to have you just share a little bit. I know that uh, you guys do work with different uh, SIs, right? The solutions integrators and stuff. How is working with the, the, the various SIs, how are those similar or different than say, you know, working directly with a, with a Microsoft?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because I, I think, you know, I have this uh, sort of discussion with the CRO and, you know, the the revenue uh, guys in the UK and the U S and I, I believe that we could actually do our number in the next couple of years, our, our, our quota attainments and targets just through the partner ecosystem. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a strong believer in that. And I think we can get to a point where we can operate as an organization without doing any outwardly facing marketing <clears throat> outside of that. Obviously we will, but that's going to create a whole new um, service revenue and capability. But I believe that there's enough there in the niche product, in the niche capabilities we have, you know, we're a global provider, but in some cases you've mentioned from a, from an SI perspective, we're a niche. Um, we have a very, um, you know, finite capability, which is to manage, move, migrate uh, Oracle workloads and assess them. Um, so, to an SI that can do full data center exits, but don't really understand the Oracle piece. And, and in Oracle, we often see Oracle being the the anchor to a lot of the the migrations. And a lot of SIs and uh, similar type organizations are coming to us and asking us for that capability and experience around the ability to leverage some of our tool sets into theirs. You know, how do they, they they have a cloud methodology that they always follow, how do they take SafeSwitch and add that into their methodology to then enable the customer uh, a quicker route to change. And then, so I think, you know, I'm where we're working with the SIs is really around about sort of providing unique boutique services that then we can attach managed service capability on and pick up, um, service revenue on the back end but it, it feeds the almost it feeds the case study machine you know we're we're working on some of these larger integrations and i think outside of that we've also got then the the next tier down the the organizations that we're working with um where we're almost acting as the si um where we're tying in organizations that are looking to provide and add more value to their oracle estate uh, their existing environments and you know we're looking at where we can work with partners around mobile apps or um, where we can do automated invoicing. So customers that have got on-premise business suite finance estates that they want to put into the cloud, how do we next-gen that? You know, They've done a lot of customizations in, in terms of their investment and to, to walk away from that Oracle platform, um, to go to some kind of SaaS model that it, it isn't customized, they've got to go through all that education. You know. It, Two to $3 million investment in terms of changing. What we're looking to do is work with that ecosystem of partners to bring in and, and manage and, and help customers sort of future proof their um, IT their, their estates. And what that's doing for us is revenue protection. It's growing our capability to go and talk to them about fringe services and net new, um, rather than waiting for the likes of the big cognizants of the world or some of the big SIs to come in with that proposition anyway so i think you know what we what we need to do as niche players and organizations like ourselves where we're focused on particular services is is really look at how to protect your revenue and i don't see how you can do that really without you know expanding your ecosystem of organizations that you work with so that if you haven't got the capability give the capability and become that trusted advisor that organizations want and i think there's there's a the role of an organization like us that's looking after the major business critical system within their within their environment to really um act as that kind of thought leader.
0: Hey Danny, they say that um you know change, it's either a threat or it's an opportunity. Yeah. Right? And the answer is both. And it's kind of in the eyes of the beholder. And so Goes without being said that there's a lot of change, you know, that's going on now in, in business in general, with technology, with this uh, globalization of the economy. It's just your know, business, the pace of business is moving faster now than ever before. Um, as we wrap up here, I'd like to just ask you two different questions. One is pull out your crystal ball, tell us as best you can what the next <laughs> 10 years is going to look like, and then kind of layer on that what are some things that your organization or organizations like yours kind of piggybacking on what you just shared with us what are what are some things that organizations like yours what will they need to do how will they need to adapt uh, to be successful in the over the next decade
1: yeah I mean the crystal ball is a, a really interesting one in the next 10 years uh, I'd like to probably be retired with my wife somewhere but um, <laughs> in all seriousness I think you know, from organisations like ourselves, it's really, there's a realisation that, I think that the migration to cloud piece is only, you know, it's only going to be for so long, you know, organisations are looking to to land and move, migrate. And, the, you know, at some point, the last data centre is going to <clears throat> switch off or the last workload will be moved. And, you know, the large scale um, migrations that we're looking to land as, a co- as companies are, g- are going to go away. So we're already looking at the next sort of um, the next stages, you know, how do we manage cloud sprawl? And when we say cloud sprawl, it's really around sort of, you know, the Salesforce, the various different SaaS based applications you've got as an organization, how are you pulling them in and developing um, management security strategies around patching and, and so forth. So I think the next 10 years for us is lots of change. I think, you know, we're beginning to become more and more diverse as an organization. I think you'll see the Oracle, while still being a very core component of what we do as an organisation, will become less and less imperative as we grow our our catalogue. And I think, um, you know, I'm excited about it. I think that the ecosystem of partners that we work in will get bigger. I think, um, you know, particularly as the number of niche providers out there are, are growing. And I think you know, for us, it would be very easy to go on the acquisition trail and start acting like we can do SAP and various other workday and all of those other technologies. But I think we start to lose our, you know, the the, the story in terms of just being another SI. And I think it's important for, for us and other organizations, if I could share any sort of knowledge, would be to to stay true to the story, but find ways that you can develop and change as organizations. And I, I see that through um you know the the partnering become the expert don't try and be the expert of everything but you know become the expert through partnerships and through collaboration and uh and i think that that for me is really where i'd like to see us as an organization um but definitely in 10 years i'd probably like to be on a beach somewhere
0: Awesome. Well, Danny, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing your insights. Uh, and it's going to be awesome watching uh, you guys over there at uh, Data Intensity, Watch you keep growing. Thank you. Cheers, Mark. Partnernomics Podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics Podcast, visit partnernomics.com.